In your Bibles tonight, James chapter 4, and uh, we'll begin reading here in verse number 1. James chapter 4 and verse number 1. Uh, let's read together the first uh, see three verses. And uh, I'll actually ask you to back up into chapter number 3, and we'll begin reading in verse number 17, because it's very important that we see the context of Scripture. There is a contrast here between devilish and uh, foolish, sensual, earthly living and godly living. And the Bible says in verse number 17, the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. And the Apostle Paul describes here to Christian people, that's the, who he's writing the book of James to, the church, to God's people. He says, here's some things that describe God's people. And we see that there's a strong connection here uh, between James chapter number 3, verses 17 and 18, and what we meet in Galatians chapter number 5, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you remember the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Uh, by the way, the Bible says that is the fruit of the Spirit. In uh, James 3, verse number 18, the Bible says, and the fruit of righteousness. It's not something that you can pick and choose the ones you have and the ones you don't have. It's either you have Jesus and the byproduct of having Jesus and a relationship with Christ is the fruit of the Spirit, or it is not. You know, some people say, well, I can love, but I can't be joyful. That's not my fruit. Now, look, you're thinking about spiritual gifts, perhaps. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is something that you have. When you have Jesus, you get the whole boatload. It's really good news. And so the Bible continues in verse number 1 of chapter number 4. With that in mind, the Bible says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts? That war in your members, ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. If you ever are flipping through the television stations and hear a preacher Stand up and preach and say, you don't have millions of dollars because you're not asking in faith. Turn the channel. He's a liar. <laughs> or if you ever hear somebody say, you're not healed because you just don't have faith great enough. Now listen. If the goal is the greatness of my faith, there's no hope for me and none for you either. The goal is not the greatness of our faith. But it is faith in the greatness of our God. Amen. Take yourself out of the equation. You're rotten and you need Jesus. Anyway, that's enough of that. <laughs> but if you hear the preacher say, "Ye ask not and receive not because you don't have faith great enough. Or you have not because you ask not. 
Because you didn't pray hard enough. You didn't crawl on your knees until it hurt bad enough in order to make God happy with your prayers. That's a lie. That's a works religion, and I'm not part of that. I'm saved by grace through faith. And I have the privilege of entering into a relationship with the same God that created all things. And he freely gives it to me. The deal is not whether or not I'm suffering enough for Jesus in order that he'll pour a little bit of blessing on me. Or that I'm working hard enough for Jesus that he'll pour a little bit of his blessing on me. The deal is Am I just willing to yield myself to Jesus, submit my will to his will, and be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ as opposed to leading my own life and adding a little Jesus pixie dust on top of it? So much of our faith and so much of what's called Christian is we just want to do our thing and ask God to bless it. That's where we mess up. We should yearn to do God's thing and God will bless it. If you'll just follow the Lord, He's going to bless you. He can't help but bless His will. And let me tell you something. If you follow the Lord, you're going to get what you actually want. Why do we do all that we do? Because there's things we want. So not me, I've got everything I want. We have prayer requests, and I love prayer request time, and it is so important that we bear one another's burdens. But we pray, why don't we pray? We pray, Lord, heal this person of cancer. And I'll tell you why we pray. We pray because we don't want them to have to go through that. And we personally don't want to have to go through the grief of knowing that somebody we know and love has had to go through through the grief. And that's fine. I understand. The way we should pray is, Lord, if it's your will, heal them. But whether it's your will to heal them or not, Lord, be with us. Lord, help us. Lord, give us the grace. Give us the peace. Give us the fruit of righteousness in order to go through the trials of life victoriously. You see, the Bible says, you have not because you ask not. You have not what? Well, you don't have... The wisdom from above, the purity, the peaceableness, the gentleness we find in verse 17. You don't have the fruit of the Spirit. You don't have the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. You don't have the peace of God because you're not asking for the peace of God. You're asking for God like a genie in a bottle to keep you from having to suffer or to give you something so you can have pleasure. 
But all the while, it's not the things that God gives us or doesn't give us that we really need. It is actually the indwelling spirit of God. It's the peace of God. It's the presence of God. It's the joy that only God gives when we've made Jesus the center of our focus that we really need. The fact of the matter is, every last one of us are going to suffer if the Lord tarries his coming. I'm sorry, but it's going to happen. If I live longer than you, I'll mourn your death. And if you live longer than me, you'll mourn mine, hopefully. If we live another year, there's going to be drama and burdens and issues and troubles. It's going to happen. You can say amen to that, right? Anybody have any grief in 2022? <laughs> 2023 is here too. Mm. But look, and I understand, I promise you that I'm not criticizing anybody. But I hear people say, boy, I hope 23 is better than 22. But the same person said, boy, I hope 22 is better than 21. And they said, boy, I hope 20 is better than 21. I mean, 21 is better than 20. Oh, Lord, help us 20. Oh, what a year. Now, look, it's okay to be optimistic for the year to come. But if you spend your life hoping that this year's not going to have any trouble, <laughs> guess what you're going to say next year? Boy, oh, 24 is better than 23. <laughs> and it's going to happen from now on. It's going to happen from now on. Because... Man that's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. So where's the good news, preacher? I'll tell you. The good news is you can have the fruit of the Spirit. And you can have the peace of God and joy. And you can enjoy life even though life on this sin-cursed earth is full of trouble and grief. When you are seeking the Lord Jesus Christ for the sake of seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he gives you what he's promised he'll give you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance. And there's more. It's great. Today's message is titled this. Ye have not, because ye ask not. I don't think this verse is exactly the way most of us have always thought of it. It's a nice verse to see it, uh, and a nice reminder along life's way to see it pasted somewhere. And that reminds us to pray. And it is good to be reminded to pray, and there's nothing wrong with that from this verse. But the Bible says, ye have not, because ye ask not. In regards to the fact that you do not have peace, you do not have joy, you do not have gentleness, you do not have faith, you do not have love, you do not have meekness, you do not have temperance, you don't have peace in the midst of the storms of life. You do not have rest in the circumstances that you're in. You are not able to glory even though you're facing adversity. That's what the Bible says. Ye have not. You don't have peace in your heart because you've not asked for God. You've not asked for God. 
Not just God's way. We ask for God's blessing. We want God to sprinkle a little bit of that pixie dust stuff that he uses, right? Oh, wait, that's a movie. We've asked for God's blessing. We've begged God to take this away so we don't have to suffer. But have you asked for God? Are you seeking God? Because when you do, when you seek God just to have God, When you seek the Lord Jesus Christ just to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. When you seek Jesus knowing that that's what I need to weather all of life and to have joy in the midst of life. It's then and only then you have what you really, really want. We want experiences because we want to be freed from the burdens that we bear. What we really need is God. There's a few things I want to bring to your attention here. Number one, point number one is you. You. The emphasis is here. It's personal. Now, look, if you're not happy, if you're not happy, you need to stop blaming other people. And the first thing you think is you don't know what situation I'm in. I don't have to. I know that you can be satisfied in this current state that you're in if your heart is in tune with God. Paul in prison and beaten and he says, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content. He wasn't lying. You. Look what the Bible says in verse number 1. In contradiction to peace, you see the last word of chapter number 3, peace. In contradiction to peace, in opposition to peace, the Bible says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Now, who are we talking to? He's talking to church. He's talking to families. Where do wars and fightings, where does the battle that's raging in your home come from? Where does the battle that rages in churches come from? From whence come wars and fightings among you? The Bible says, Come they not hence, even of your lust, that war in your members? What is it that causes contention and problems? It's our own pride and lust. The Bible says only by pride comes contention. Where do these troubles come from? It's it's you. And when I say you, I mean me. The only person that can make a difference in your situation is you. We need to stop blaming other people for the reason we're not happy. You see, Jesus made it possible for you to be happy in whatsoever state that you're in. Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee. I'm just kidding. Whatever condition, you. So the Bible says, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts? It's your desires and it's the things you're going after, the things you're trying to get in order to make you happy and give you peace. And you're fighting to get what you want, fighting to get what you think you need, fighting to get what you think will make you happy. He says, it's your lusts. That produced fightings and wars. Your lust that war in your members. 
There's a lot of people who've made a lot of fuss through the years about not getting the kind of attention that they feel like they deserve. Where did that fight and contention originate? It originated in that person's heart. When they lusted for something that they felt would give them satisfaction, but it wouldn't. I met a man one time that felt like the only way that he could ever possibly have peace in his heart with God is if he was a Sunday school superintendent. (laughs) It's not true. It's not true. I'll tell you, since I was a teenager, I, I had this dream that I'd love to be the pastor of Charlie Baptist Church. Really, I'm not kidding. The Lord knew it wasn't time. But I remember seeing Pastor Chuck, and I loved him. And I thought, man, I'd like to, I'd like to be that man someday. But I was in full-time Christian service for almost 20 years before I became the pastor of Charlie Baptist Church. Does that mean for... 20 years, I wasn't satisfied or happy. No. Matter of fact, for most of those years, the Lord pushed this, uh, this thought of ever being the pastor of Charlie Baptist Church completely out of my mind because I had to learn to be happy in Jesus. And when you're happy in Jesus, you can be happy in Tennessee or North Carolina or Africa or anywhere. When you're happy in Jesus, you can be happy irregardless to the circumstances that you're facing. Well, if I could get out of school, I could be happy. You're not going to be happy in the next phase either because the only way that you're going to have peace and joy and be satisfied is when you find your satisfaction in Christ alone. You have not because you ask not. And you are the problem. It's you. And by you, I mean me. You. Point number one. You. Where do the fightings and wars? You are the reason that they're there. You lust. You desire to have. You look for satisfaction in things or people or prestige or circumstances. How many of you this week have thought, if I could only get to there, I could be happy? If that's your thought, I want you to know The Lord is speaking to you and has sent a preacher to tell you it's not there that will make you happy. It's Him that will make you happy. If you say, I could get, if I could get healed from this awful infirmity, if I could get over this problem, if I could get a raise, or I could get a, get a, you fill in the blank. If you can get anything, If you think anything's going to make you happy other than Jesus, you're out of line. Listen, you have a problem. You. You see, you have not because you ask not. Number one, you. Number two, have not. Now, look what the scripture says in verse number two. Ye lust and have not. Now, where does it begin? Our seeking after things to satisfy the yearning of our souls, it begins with lust. I'm the kind of guy, I like all kinds of stuff. I like 
especially things with motors and uh, that do work. And I mean, I like tractors and you, you know, you've been around me long enough to know I like that kind of stuff. And I look at Facebook Marketplace a lot. I really I enjoy it. It's like it's like my pastime. I like Facebook Marketplace. And you open my Facebook Market, you can tell what I look at a lot because trailers come up and backhoes and tractors and uh, they know what I'm looking for. Uh, I like that kind of stuff. And, you know, sometimes you get into your mind that if I could have that, then I could be happy. And the Bible says, you lust. Sometimes you lust and after something you yearn for something. And look, there's nothing wrong with liking things. It's fine. But if you think somehow a new toy is going to make you happy, you're wrong. Because guess what happens? Sometimes you lust after something, you look for something, you yearn for something, and you get it. And guess what happens? You find out when you've got that thing, that doesn't satisfy. I saw this television special on a man who loved military tanks. I'm with him. I think that's great. That would be like the ultimate gun to have in my collection. I mean, everybody needs a military tank, right? Well, you know, this guy, he loved tanks. And he finally, uh, in his business, things got well enough where he was able to buy a tank. And you know what he wanted after he got his first tank? You'll never guess. Uh, if you can guess, after he got his first tank, what did he want? He wanted another one. That's right. As a matter of fact, after he got another one, you know what he wanted? Another one. And after he got another one, you know what he wanted? Another one. And the next thing you know, he's got so many tanks, when he dies, the television station comes by and does a whole one-hour special on this man's complete collection of military tanks, the largest one in the world. Now look, there's nothing wrong with having a whole bunch of tanks. I think it's pretty cool. But if that man thought somehow having another tank would make him happy, he was wrong. It doesn't work like that. And the Bible says you lust and you yearn for something and sometimes you get it. And when you get it, you still have not peace, joy, love. Why? That's not how it works. Have not. The Bible says you lust and have not. Look what the scripture says next. Ye lust and have not. The Bible says ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Now sometimes we get to where we want something so bad that we're willing to hurt other people in order to get it. Scratch and claw and poke and cheat and lie and hurt other people in order to get what we want. Because ultimately what we want is we want to be happy. We want peace. We want satisfaction. So what do we do? We lust and get it and it don't work. We kill in a, in a, to get what we want in order that we might obtain. But the Bible says you have not. You still don't have it. And it continues. In verse number 2. Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war. It gets to the place where you'll go to war and fight and battle in order to get what you want. I think we see it happening in countries like Russia at this moment. 
What's a man like Vladimir Putin, one of the richest men on the whole planet? What in the world could he not have? Well, there's a country right below him that he can't have. And just because he can't have it, he's going after it. He's fighting and warring to get it. Fighting and warring. He's killing and destroying. Why? Because surely... If he can have that country, surely he'll be satisfied. Let me tell you what happens. The end of fighting and warring, the Bible says, Yet ye have not, because ye ask not. On a smaller scale, let me tell you something. If your business gets bigger, if you think that'll make you happy, no, it won't. You'll still have not. If you think somehow that prettier wife will make you happier, No, you still will have not. If you think somehow a bigger banking account will make you happier, mm -mm, you still will have not. If you think a new car, a new hobby, living in a new town will make you happy, you have not. You is the first point. You are the problem. Number two, have not is... The end product of seeking anything but Jesus. And finally, point number three, because ye ask not. You have not. Point number three, because ye ask not. Now, here's what the Bible says. In verse number two, the last phrase, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Verse number three, ye ask and receive not. Because ye ask amiss. Now the Bible says, now look, I know you're asking. You're asking God to bless you. You're asking God to keep this tragedy from happening to you. You ask God to protect you from having to deal with that heartache. Ye ask, ye ask, ye ask, but ye ask and receive not. You still don't have peace and joy because all you want is God to change your circumstances. Instead of being willing to change your life, to line it up with God and God's will and God's purpose. And you'll find out when you ask, Ask God for the right reason and you get the Lord Jesus. You can have cancer and be happy. You can be broke and be happy. You can be maimed and be happy. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. that You may consume it upon your own lust. Folks, let me tell you something. You need God. To have what you actually want You need God. And you can live your whole life chasing this and chasing that and chasing this and chasing that. Trying to have peace and joy and love and gentleness and meekness and temperance. and Oh, that peace and resting in the Lord. You can chase this thing and that thing from now on. But you'll still not have. And you can have this prayer life that says, Lord, help me not to have to deal with this. Lord, bless me. Help me to have this. You can be looking for things and circumstances. And the Bible says, You'll have not because you ask, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. Folks, you need God. 
I need God. What is prayer? Think about prayer for a minute. What is prayer? Well, prayer is not something I do to inform God, right? Why do we pray? Lord, I want you to know I got my hands all messed up. And I want you to fix it. We don't pray to inform God that our hands all messed up. If your hands all messed up, God already knows about it. You don't have to tell him something like that. Lord, I want you to know that my big right toe's infected. Will you help me with that? God, if your big right toe's are infected, he knew it was infected before you did. We don't pray to inform God. We don't pray to impress God, right? Jesus criticized the Pharisees who put on their prayer clothes and stood in high places with loud voices, made these long prayers to try to impress people with their great praying. Jesus said, you're a whited sepulcher. He said, on the outside, you're pretty, but the inside, you're death. You don't pray to impress God. Why do we pray? We pray to invite God. What's prayer? Prayer is bringing man to the place where we say, Lord, this is out of my control. Lord, I don't know what's best. Lord, I don't know what I need. Lord, I need you. I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. You know what's sweet? You don't have to know what, where to turn or what to do. You just need to know that you can go to God and God is faithful. Look, the bottom line is you need God. You need God. You don't need just simply God to spare you from some burden today. Though he does that and he cares. You don't need God to give you some thing today. You need God. And if you seek your satisfaction anywhere else, you're seeking in the wrong place. You see, the scripture says in verse number 10, we'll be working in this chapter for a little while. I think it's a beautiful picture of what praying really is in verse number 10 of James chapter number 4. Look what it says. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. What is prayer? Prayer is just simply that, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. It's not, Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. And God hears our prayers and our concerns. Don't stop praying for people. Don't stop praying for the Lord to prevent a tragedy. Don't stop praying for the Lord to give you a blessing. Don't stop that. It's okay. But you need to remember that that answer is not what makes you happy. It's not the absence of trouble or the presence of blessing that gives you the fruit of the Spirit. It's Jesus. 
It's God's will. It's resting in God's purpose. Because then, when it seems like God didn't answer my prayer, some people have this idea, God didn't, now look, God did answer your prayers. And he acts in perfect wisdom. God didn't answer my prayers. I'm not ever talking to God again. I didn't get what I wanted. We've got to get to the place where we say, Lord, what you want for me is better than what I want for me. That's why I'm praying. I know what I want. Most of the time, I know what I want. But I found out a lot of the times what I want isn't what I need. But God knows that. And when God gives us what we need, you know what we get? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness. Oh, it's sweet. God's way is right. It's perfect. But oh, how many times we come up dry as a bone. Why? The Bible says you have not because you ask not. What do we got to do? We got to get to the place where we say, Lord, my life is a blank sheet of paper. Whatever you want to do with it, you can have it. And when you just give your life over the Lord, here it is. You write the plan. You lead. You guide. When you give that life to the Lord, instead of begging to get your way like a spoiled child who doesn't know that candy will rot his teeth out, you say, Lord, here I am. You know what God does? He gives you his perfect will. And you'll have to deal with trouble. But you know what you'll deal with trouble? You'll deal with trouble with peace. And he'll give you joys. And you'll be able to enjoy the joys of life with no regrets and no remorse for having gotten it the wrong way. God's way is perfect. You have not because you ask not. We don't have joy and peace and the fruit of the Spirit because we're asking for things or circumstances to be changed or improved instead of asking God to just give us himself. Ask for the Lord. He'll give him. He'll give it. You'll have him. You'll have the glories of being in a personal relationship the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray.